With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus were fresh off uh, our weekend in St. Louis last week as we had the Rivals three-stripe camp and combine on Saturday and Sunday at O'Fallon High School in um, Illinois. And, you know, we'll talk more about the camp here later in the show. Nebraska also picked up another commitment, commitment number 11 from wide receiver uh, excuse me, athlete slash defensive back Mario Goodrich uh, out of the Kansas City area. We'll get Nate Klaus's thought on that as well. But I wanted to kick off the show this week, guys, um, with the Las Vegas prediction out there that Nebraska right now, their over-under win total right now today would be six. And I, I think I, I unofficially that has to be the lowest it's ever been in like 30 or 40 years. I, I really honestly pre-Devaney, I don't know, they probably don't even have Vegas lines, but um, that number has been eye-opening. It's caused a lot of debate, a lot of discussion. It's raised a lot of panic for Mike Riley, um, and it's led to a lot of people saying, well, put all your money on Nebraska because they're going to win more than six. But uh, there's no question, Robin, it's led to a lot of uh, conversation here over the week. Yeah, and I guess my theory on how they came up with that number is kind of twofold. One, there's just too many unknowns about Nebraska right now. Um, obviously, the complete change in defense. You know, we haven't seen Bob Diaco's scheme play a single live snap um, at Nebraska, so we don't know how that transition is going to go. And then the quarterback. Um, you know, I think that people around Nebraska that have seen Tanner Lee play and have listened to the coaching staff and guys like Billy Devaney uh, rave about Tanner uh, and his abilities have a lot, uh, I guess, more optimism about, you know, the future of this offense um, than maybe the national media does who just looked at Tanner Lee's production at Tulane and see a guy that really didn't put up that great in numbers. And so, I mean, I think that that's probably as much to do with it as anything. But also, you look at Nebraska's schedule. I mean, they don't have an easy slate, especially in the Big Ten. Obviously, you start off early, second week, going at Oregon, who's going to be potentially a top 25 team. And then um, you look later on in the conference slate, you got a run of, you know, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Two weeks later, you got Northwestern, then two straight road games, Minnesota and Penn State, and then you close at Iowa. I mean, I think that what they're saying is um, they don't trust Nebraska enough to be able to handle that type of difficulty with their schedule. And so I think that's where the six wind total kind of comes up is just the unknowns facing Nebraska. And then on the other side, uh, the opponents that they're going to be playing in 2017. It's got to be the unknowns uh, to me, and then and then all those toss-up games. I, I, when you do look at the schedule, especially if you're an outsider that doesn't necessarily cover the day-to-day um, beat with Nebraska, I think you would look at that schedule and say, boy, there's a lot of toss-up games here. How, how are they going to perform, especially with a new quarterback, with a new defense, um, you know, but – if you're covering it from day to day, I don't know if there's anybody in the local media that would necessarily say, um, 
you know, that if they weren't a betting person, that they that they wouldn't take that bet. I, I think most most people in the media probably would say that this team is capable of winning more than six games and, and should win more than six games. Um, so I, I think that. And Vegas is smart too. They're they're going to put it. They're going to put the you know usually set the line somewhere where they get action on both sides. So I want to know somebody that took the under though. Well, I mean, you're saying that people take it on both sides. I want to know if you've taken the. I mean, seriously, well, Sean, it's going to be people from, that don't cover Nebraska, that don't know anything about Nebraska, and that are looking at the same things as some of these national people. Are I still, at. but the national radio experts and outsiders on national shows. I mean, I had Rick Neuheisel and other guys. Kyle, I'm just saying, I, I still ha- have a hard time to believe that's going to be a balanced 50-50 betting number. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it will be either, but I'm sure there are. they've got to be getting action somewhere on yeah. that other side. And it, it, it does grow, right? If more money goes on Nebraska, that could move up to 6.5 or 7. Um, depending. It should move the line, yeah. It should. And we should check that, I guess, as the summer goes on, because mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see. But, um, yeah, I think people saw progress last year, but we've talked about it. Last year was a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, because the Purdue game, the Illinois game, the Indiana Indiana game, uh, those three games, and I'm missing one in there that was, uh, you know, Oregon could have easily been a loss. There's four or five games Nebraska won that they basically lost the year before um, in similar types of ways, but Nebraska found a way to win the fourth quarter last year. So um, I think that nine-win season, as we know, there there was a little bit of fool's gold element to it a year ago. Yeah, and I agree. And then you – but – Here's the deal, though. If they win that Oregon game in Week Two, they have a legitimate chance at being five and zero to start. Yeah, they the season. play the two worst teams in the Big Ten in their first two games. And so that's basically saying, uh, starting October seventh against Wisconsin, Vegas is predicting Nebraska to lose. I mean, obviously they're picking them to lose to Oregon too, but to lose to Wisconsin, to Ohio State, to Northwestern, to Minnesota, to Penn State, and to Iowa. I don't see that happening. I think Nebraska, I mean, if anything, they're going to be better towards the back end of the year just because, uh, you know, the defense will get figured out. Tanner Lee will get more comfortable. The offense will get more comfortable around him. And so those questions that we're talking about right now uh, should be solved. Uh, And so, I mean, I think, if anything, um, you know, that Oregon game could dictate the season or at least getting to that win And it kind of dictated last year, season two. It did. Because you felt like if they won that Oregon game, they're going to probably have a great chance to go 7-0 and at home with Minnesota being their toughest remaining home game, and that's how it played out. They went 7-0 and at home. Uh, they beat Minnesota you know, down the stretch to win that game, but um, that Oregon game has that same feel because if you're 5-0 and going into that Wisconsin game, all of a sudden the season has a whole different feel. But if you're 4-1 and um, or worse, um, then, then yeah, this, this six-win narrative um, from Vegas does take on a life of its own, Nate. Yeah, it does. It really does. And, and I think that... Uh... You know, another thing that that they could be looking at is, you know, if if nine wins is kind of the ceiling for a four year starting quarterback that, you know, that that Mike Riley had last year, you know, how how can you expect a a transfer to come in that, you know, that put up mediocre stats at Tulane to really, um, you know, raise that raise that roof, I guess, so to speak, uh, you know, for this year's. Uh, season, so I, I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors going into it, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how you know if they get past that Oregon game, how how that narrative really does change. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, Nate uh, Huskers did get a commitment as well, and we'll talk more recruiting here later in the show. But Mario Goodrich, the longtime what many thought to be silent commit, comes out of his silence, makes it official. 
um, number one ranked player as far as rankings go in Kansas City on the both of the Kansas and Missouri side this year. I know Daniel Carson's a very good prospect, but still a three-star. Goodrich, the only four-star in the KCK, KC Mo area this year. How big is it that Nebraska locks up that number one Kansas City guy like this? Yeah, they, it's something that has to happen pretty much every single year, especially when you have so many connections that you have with a guy like Mario Goodrich. Um, this is a kid who, you know, three, I think three years ago, uh, Monte Harrison told me about, he said, he said, this kid, Mario Goodrich is going to be the next Monte Harrison. He's a multi-sport tar- star. He's a, a freakish athlete, um, you know, and, and was a kid that Monte and his brother Shaquille were kind of taken under their wings and trying to bring him up along, you know, the same way that, that, that they came up. And uh, he went to Lee Summit West, same high school as Monte Harrison, same high school as Bo Wilson. Um, so he really grew up, you know, ha- kind of having an, more of an affinity for Nebraska than he did for KU, K-State, Missouri, or anything like that. So um, when you have those types of connections, this is the type of kid that you have to, you have to land and you want to wrap him up sooner than later, and that's exactly what Nebraska did. I think you have to really tip your hat to Dante Williams because Mario was ready to commit at the spring game, and his father kind of pumped the brakes and, and had him trying to trying to slow the process down just a little bit, see what other offers might come around. You know, Oklahoma offered shortly thereafter. Um, Ohio State, Clemson were starting to show a little bit more interest, um, but, but Mario was all about Nebraska, um, and Dante Williams really did a great job recruiting the father and, and getting his, basically getting his blessing to go ahead and let Mario uh, commit early. Well, Nebraska now up to number six in the Rivals.com team rankings. It's the highest they've been, I believe, Nate, since the class of 2008 when they had Blaine Gabbard and all those guys at one point. They were in the top five for a short while that year, I believe. Um, but, you know, that's still without one guy ranked. Um, uh, Nebraska's kicker commit uh, pickering has not been ranked yet by Rivals. Um, so they'll get a bump from that as well. But it will be interesting to see. We'll talk more recruiting later in the show. Um, in our next two segments, though, I caught up with four different Husker commits. Yes, that's right, four different commits. They were all in St. Louis. We heard from Cameron Jurgens, Mastery Maypu, Cameron Brown, and Will Farniak. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, as I was in St. Louis all this past weekend for the Rivals Camp. Uh, We had the three-stripe camp on Sunday, the Combine on Saturday. And really the highlight of the the camp this weekend was we got the chance to see four of Nebraska's commits in action against some of the best players in the Midwest. And uh, probably the biggest storyline that came out of the weekend was Nebraska tight end commit Cameron Jurgens, member of the Rivals Top 100, uh, got an invite to the Rivals Challenge that will take place on the first weekend in June in Indianapolis. This was something a year ago he was very close to getting an invite to as well, but just came up short uh, being an underclassman. Well, Jurgens uh, got an invite here on Sunday, uh, which means he'll get a chance to go against some of the best players in the country. And and that was one of the reasons he made the drive into Indianapolis or into St. Louis after winning state track on Saturday in Omaha. He really got in his car about 30 minutes after he won things. I had a chance to catch up with Jurgens here in St. Louis, and here's what he had to say about why he came in to St. Louis. 
Well, we're with 2018 Nebraska four-star tight end commit Cameron Jurgens out of Beatrice. Cam, it's been a heck of a run for you to get to St. Louis. Give uh, everyone an idea kind of what your weekend has been like with the state track meet and now the Rivals camp. Oh, it's definitely been full of rain. We just got done with our state track meet. Um, shot put was uh, Friday and poured on us the whole time, and that wasn't too exciting. And then uh, had 11 o'clock, started with our discus, and that ran pretty long. And uh, left around 2.33, got here at 9.30. So it wasn't awful. It was just through the night, I guess, a little bit. But it was good here now, so that's what matters. Yeah, how did you, I mean, what was it like just to get here? I mean, you guys had to get in the car and win the discus. And I mean, how, how soon were you in the car after you threw that final disc throw? Uh, I was probably in the car about half an hour later. <laughs> yeah, on the way. I didn't want to get here at three in the morning. Um, Zach Schlager got here pretty, pretty early in the morning. You got a big stake though when you got to St. Louis. That was kind of your reward for winning the uh, the gold medal in disc and shot. Yeah, I did. I uh, found a Texas Roadhouse and went there. Well, now talk about what you're wanting to prove. Because some people are like, what's he coming for? He's already a Nebraska commit. What brought you to St. Louis uh, to come out here against the best guys in the Midwest? Um, well, if I can drive six hours to uh, get a trip down to Indianapolis this year for the five-star challenge, I mean, I think it's definitely worth it. And you were really close last year. I mean, I think you were one of the, like, the final spots. They almost had you in. How much did that maybe want to motivate you to, to get the invite this year? Yeah, um, I got the underclassmen one and didn't get the like the upperclassmen five-star challenge and I just want to come back here and get it this year. How much does it excite you to go against better competition because playing in class B you don't really see guys like you and here today you're going to be around a lot of guys like this. Yeah definitely when you play against better competition you just raise your game up and I'm definitely a competitor and when I get out there like I'm pretty competitive and I, I just I don't know rise to the occasion kind of like yesterday in the discus kind of put some pressure on at the end. I was behind right there and Brett Cachell had uh, some good throws and it was fun. What about just Nebraska now going forward? What's your plans for the summer? Are you going to take part in one of the Friday Night Lights events? How much do you kind of interact with the coaching staff now that you've been a two-year commitment to the Huskers? Uh, yeah, I talked to a lot of the Husker staff and then hopefully I can get down there and be there quite a bit this summer, but it's pretty busy with our basketball schedule and football schedule with our high school. Um, we do quite a bit in June with basketball and then July we start to get some football stuff and then conditioning and weightlifting all summer long. There'll be four of you guys here that are committed to Nebraska. What is this group of Husker commits hoping to prove here in St. Louis this weekend? Oh, I just kind of want to meet some of the guys. I haven't met Cameron Brown yet, so that'd be cool to meet him. Um, we'll see, I mean, represent Nebraska well. Well, hey, Cam, congratulations on the gold medals this weekend, and, and hopefully we're seeing you in Indianapolis here in another few weeks as uh, you're right there, and hopefully uh, it all works out here this weekend. Yeah, thank you. And once again, that was Husker commit Cameron Jurgens in St. Louis, and another one of those in-state recruits that was already in St. Louis this weekend was defensive tackle Massery Maypoo from York, and he was he's been a commit to Nebraska now for almost a year. Uh, he committed last June. And, you know, his life has really changed. You're talking about a kid that's come over uh, as a Sudanese refugee um, to move out to central Nebraska with a foster family. Started out at uh, McCool Junction playing eight-man, uh, then went over to York, um, then has turned himself into a Husker commit. Well, Masri Maypu uh, came into the camp, really showed some signs of improvement. Um, he's definitely come a ways uh, over the last year, and, and you could just see the potential he has. And here's my full interview now with Masri Maypu here from St. 
St. Louis. Uh, Sean Callahan here with Nebraska 2018 commit Mastery Maypu from York. Mastery, this will be your second Rivals camp that you've taken part of. What did you learn from last year's experience coming down to that camp in Kansas City? Um, just to get a lot of reps, you know. Um, you just have to jump in and get a lot of reps. Um, um, like drills and stuff, technique stuff. Um, you just have to ground, you know. It's just a lot of, uh, a lot of great great athletes out here so you just have to you know get up there and show off your talent and stuff like that some of the best guys in the midwest will be here particularly in that defensive line group you're gonna have guys like trevor trout michael thompson some big name guys what are you hoping to kind of show uh, against going some going against with some of these other guys no um i'm trying to show my you know i'm trying to show my hands more and um quickness i've been working all summer you know show them i'm quicker than them and all that stuff so it's been nearly a year now since you've committed to Nebraska. What's the last year been like for you? It's been great. You know, um, when I go to Lincoln, everybody seems to know me now, and that's, that's a great feeling. You know, um, when I go to like Walmart, every kid wants to wants my autograph and stuff. It's like I'm not in the Husker. You know, like in the stadium. Yeah, so it's it's a great feeling. It's it's a great feeling. How have you kind of kept yourself motivated to want to keep getting better? Because, you know, you're a sophomore and you already kind of had your future figured out. Um, what, what have you done to motivate yourself the next year or two? Um, just, uh, you know, just trying to be the best player. Right now I'm just trying to be the best player in the country right now. So I'm just trying to be the best player I can be. And uh, my mom motivates me and my dad and my brother. So. And then uh, are you going to take part in any camps this summer like Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camp? Yeah, I think I'm going to the 23rd one and um, with the uh, – I think all the Husker commits are going to gather up in the 23rd uh, Friday, night lights, Friday, Friday Night Lights camp. So, When you talk with Coach Perella and Bob Diaco, the new defensive coordinator, what, what have they told you as far as where you fit in this new defensive scheme? Um, he said, I'm going to play a lot outside. Like, um, he's going to say he's going to try me at DN. Or uh, he's going he's to put me in the middle as well, a nose guard, see how it works. So, yeah. All right, well, hey, best of luck out here at the Camp Mastery. We're looking forward to seeing you. Thanks for coming out here to the Rivals Camp in St. Louis. Yep, thank you. Well, there were two other Husker commits that were in St. Louis as well, offensive lineman Will Farniak and wide receiver Cameron Brown. You're not going to want to miss uh, what Cameron Brown had to say. It might have some Husker fans thinking uh, about maybe how solid his commitment is here as uh, he said something very interesting. You'll hear that next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan as we continue our coverage from the Rivals camp in St. Louis. You just heard from Husker commits Cameron Juergens and Massery Mape, who had a chance also to catch up with two other guys in the class. Wide receiver Cameron Brown out of St. Louis. We were in his hometown. And then also offensive lineman Will Farniak made the trek all the way down from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I thought it was really interesting in my conversation with Cameron Brown. Um, you know, December will be the first time ever you'll have an early signing day uh, for high school prospects. And it's assumed that if you're a commit right now, you would sign in December. Well, I asked Cameron Brown that question, and he gave his answer to that. And I think you're going to be surprised what Cameron Brown had to say as far as his future signing day plans. Here's my full interview with Husker wide receiver commit Cameron Brown. 
All right, Sean Callahan here at the Rivals Camp in St. Louis. We're in the hometown of current Husker commit Cameron Brown. Uh, Cameron, first of all, it's a great year of talent in St. Louis, and it feels like you guys are all kind of one group, and you go out to these events, you kind of represent the city. How fun has it been to kind of get around and play with all the, all the great talent in St. Louis this year? It's been fun just getting out there with the top guys in the nation just to compete, show that in St. Louis that we have a lot of talent here as well as like Florida, Cali, or Texas, stuff like that. Why Nebraska? I mean, I know when you made the decision, um, you announced it. I mean, what was your reasoning uh, at the time to pick Nebraska and, and, and what really opened your eyes with the commitment? Uh, I've been thinking about it for like the past five weeks before I committed. I just didn't know when to do it. So I finally just talked to Trey Bryant up there. I was like, I think I'm ready to make my decision. I talked to a coach and I just things that made me commit there was like the coaching staff and the environment and the players there. Just these great people. Yeah, Keith Williams, uh, the receivers coach, what type of relationship have you developed with him over the last year? Uh, pretty strong relationship, you know, I talk to him every, not every once, but almost every day now. Just, he's just a great person, funny guy. When uh, you look at what you want to prove out here, what do you think you're going to showcase here at this camp here, here in St. Louis? Uh, just be able to show that I can separate from DBs, do different routes, get them off balance, just to make big plays. Uh, when when you look at just kind of what you did last year, over a thousand yards receiving, uh, one of the leading receivers in the state of Missouri, uh, break down the season you had and kind of some of the highlights that you felt like you had last year. Um, some of the highlights was a couple games. Uh, Mr. Rockhurst was the closest one of the closest games we had. You know, it was very interesting. Um, we lost to Blue Springs at the playoffs. East St. Louis, we played them. It was a very close game, very competitive. Um, play a bunch of other teams it just all around we just had we was a young team you know next year we come back same team come out even better now this camp there's four Nebraska commits in the camp several targets that have Husker offers are you gonna kind of do some recruiting for the Huskers out here this weekend yeah I'm gonna try to get a couple players out there you know I already trying to be recruiting St. Louis a little bit trying to get them to come out there with us but overall I'm trying to get more people come out here you think they have a shot at any more of these St. Louis guys? I believe so, because like they see the program is on the uprise, you know, just getting better and better. And then um, this summer, what's your plans? Are you, are you going to get up to Lincoln um, sometime here in between now and the start of your season? Yeah, I'm going to get up to the um, Friday Night Lights on the June 23rd, and I'm going to do a couple other things up there as well. Now, you can sign early this year in December. Is that your plan uh, to sign in December and kind of get it done before Christmas? Um, I'm not really sure yet because I, I know I want to commit there, but I also want to sign with my friends, just be with them for one more time before we go. Oh, so all of you guys could get together and do a big signing ceremony type of deal? Yes, sir. You're going to make everybody nervous uh, having to wait till February? No, I, I know where I'm going to go, so it's just a matter of time. Well, hey, uh, Cameron, best of luck out here. It's great being in your hometown here in St. Louis this weekend. Sir. Very interesting stuff indeed there from wide receiver Cameron Brown on if he will sign in December. All right. Uh, also had a chance to catch up here at the Rivals three-stripe camp with offensive lineman Will Farniak. He came to our camp last year in Kansas City, came in here on Sunday, already a commit to Nebraska, so really not a lot to prove. Uh, came in at 6'2", 260, but I thought very sound uh, from a technique standpoint. Really only lost about two reps in all of his one-on-one -on -one work, uh, despite giving up probably 
a good 20 to 30 pounds uh, on a lot of the guys he matched up with. Well, here's my full interview with Husker offensive line commit Will Farniak out of South Dakota. Uh, Sean Callahan here in St. Louis with 2018 Nebraska commit Will Farniak out of Sioux Falls. Will, uh, first of all, uh, what kind of what, what made you want to come to the camp here to compete? Uh, you're already commit to Nebraska. Kind of what, what made you get on the plane and come down to St. Louis this weekend? I would say seeing the different competitions, seeing the different guys, see what they got, just see different techniques, see all that kind of stuff, see new things, really. And you went to the camp last year in Kansas City. All your brothers were there watching. It was pretty cool. What, what did you learn out of that experience a year ago? Uh, I Faster, uh, more, more strength, uh, footwork, just kind of everything all around. Just work on it, get better at what you can, and just don't, don't, don't lose, I guess. You committed uh, to Nebraska a few weeks back. Um, you know, I know at one point you maybe were going to kind of weigh it out and do, uh, you know, take some trips. But uh, what led to the early decision and uh, decision to commit to the Huskers? Uh, I would say just the family. It just felt like a family there. It felt like home. It's just that feeling of home there just kind of set it for me. And I was just like, it's time. Like, this is the place I want to be. It was just awesome. After all the driving to Ames and Norman, how happy was your mom that she's going to have her youngest two at the closest Division One school to Sioux Falls? Yeah, she was she was pretty happy about that. I knew deep down she was really hoping for that, but she never pressured me into it. But she was really happy about that. What, what about Coach Cavanaugh? I know he really uh, captivated your brother uh, Matt in the recruiting process to get him to pick the Huskers over Iowa. What, what about Coach uh, Cavanaugh do you really like? Uh, he's an awesome guy. He. He's a great coach. Uh, everything he does, great technique, and he's just an all-around great coach and great guy. What position do you think you fit? Are you a center, a guard? I mean, where do you think you'll be at Nebraska? I would say center, and wherever they need me, really interior. I'd say there'll be four Husker commits here at the camp: Cam Jurgens, Cameron Brown, Mastery Mapu. Several targets as well. The Huskers are going after. Um, have you had a chance to kind of visit and catch up with a lot of these guys? Uh, I just got up with uh, Cameron. Uh, just hung out for him with him a little bit. I just got here, but otherwise, yeah, we're probably all gonna hang around. It'll be pretty cool. How close have you become with some guys like Cam and other guys that you've been able to meet on all your trips to Lincoln? Uh, pretty close. We're we're gonna be a good group of class of 18. It'll be an, it'll be a good group. Are you uh, coming back up for Friday Night Lights camp as well? Uh, yes, I believe we're all coming up uh, June 23rd. I, I I believe that one. And then uh, lastly, your brother, what, what are you th thinking he's going to do this year as a redshirt freshman? He had to sit out last year, kind of develop, but um, could we see him on the field a little bit this fall? Um, I, I have no clue, but I mean, I, I hope so. It would be awesome. But I know he's working his butt off, so. Hey, well, Will, best of luck out here, and uh, thanks for coming out here to St. Louis. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice talking. Well, there's no question in my mind Will Farniak had a very solid performance in the Rivals three-stripe camp. It'll be interesting to see, though, if that even results in a ratings bump. We'll know more about that later in the summer, but he looks to be a very solid center prospect for the Big Red going forward. All right, when we come back, we're going to bring in Husker Online intern David Eichold. We're going to take your questions here next in the mailbag. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and uh, we're pleased to welcome in our intern, David Eichold, who's in the middle of summer school, man. Summer school. That's, That's great. You love it? Yep, love it. You what are you taking in May? Uh, political science, public issues in America. Uh, LeVar Ball came up yesterday, too, so that was good. And, oh, wait, yeah, we talked about this last week with Matt. You did legitimately 
pre-order yeah. the Big Baller brand cheese. Yeah. Uh, and I somehow scraped up enough money to get gas to get here today. So, you know, I'm just I'm just a great intern. Old Valerie Eicholt, man, your mother. She must really... Oh, she, she doesn't know that yet. She doesn't know? No. Well, she does I'm know. sure she'll be very impressed. <laughs> all of Columbus, Nebraska is <laughs> proud. Of, all of Husker Nation. Of, uh, very metropolis of Columbus, Nebraska. All right. Well, we got a mailbag this week. Um, lots of stuff to get to. Uh, what do you have for us to start out with? Uh, what football position group will be the best going in next season based on both quality at the top and depth? And which one are you most concerned about? That's a great question. Um, I think I think you got to look at the secondary right now. I mean, that starting four on paper, Aaron Williams, Joshua Kalu, Chris Jones, Lamar Jackson, it's a pretty salty group. And then you can maybe have Elijah Blades here in the fall. Um, and then the guys they have behind there aren't bad. Kyron Williams, I mean, led the team in interceptions last year. He's not a starter. So that's where I probably lean towards. I also like linebacker, too. I think they've got a really good group of at least inside linebackers. I know there's questions on the outside, uh, but those would be the two that jump off the page to me right now. Yeah, I would go linebacker. Um, the experience that they return with that starting group and then the emergence of that second team, um, there's really not much of a drop-off from what we saw um, over the course of 15 practices um, in spring ball. So, I mean, uh, just from a playmaking standpoint, from a talent standpoint and depth, uh, that may be one of the best overall positions on the entire team. Uh, for me, it's defensive back. I think that uh, the emergence of Lamar Jackson, which allowed the coaching staff to move Kalu back to safety, I think really gives them a ton of experience, a ton of athleticism out on the field, and that uh, and they're a fairly deep group. So um, I like that. And then, and then conversely, I think wide receiver is kind of scary as far as uh, the depth there. You know, if, if you lose a guy like Stanley Morgan, you're going to be relying on some young, unproven players to really step up and, and fill a lot of production that, Mor that Morgan brings to the table. Guys, I also think you could throw in quarterback. I mean, I really think you know, after a couple of weeks into the season, we, we might be saying, you know, that one, two, three combo of uh, Lee, O'Brien, and Jebbia. I mean, that, that's a really, really good group, but you just expect only one guy to need to play there. You hope only one guy needs to play there. What do you got next for us? Uh, which coach is most likely to leave for a promotion in the next couple of years? Position coach leave to be a coordinator or coordinator to head coach? I would say coordinator head coach. I mean, I think Bob Diaco, once you start getting those head coach uh, paychecks and, you know, you're used to running your own show, it's kind of like Bo Pelini. He could have had a lot of SEC coordinator jobs from what people have told me over the last couple of years um, and made over a million dollars. But uh, he chose to coach at Youngstown State, so Nebraska sells to pay him, and he makes about 300000 there as a head coach. Uh, but he wants to run his own program. So I'm sure Bob Diaco – um, would be one to me that comes to mind. I don't necessarily see Keith Williams and Dante Williams as coordinators. I mean, I, I, maybe they will someday. Um, I don't see Kavanaugh. I think Trent Bray would be the assistant coach on staff that I could see maybe being a coordinator. Yeah, I wouldn't rule out Danny Langsdorf potentially having some head coaching options down the road. Um, you know, maybe at a lower level school. Um, you know, if, if he wanted to go that route, um, just because of his experience. Um, you know, both at the college and professional levels. I mean, I mean, he's a pretty uh, intriguing candidate that, that I think will have some options if if he wants to explore them. Yeah, Langsdorf will be, definitely be a guy that. I think you'll start to hear his name be thrown out there, and at least for interviews for some open jobs coming up. And and then I agree with Diaco. I think that you know here in a year or two, if if he really turns Nebraska's defense around, that will be a big deal on his resume and could kind of catapult him into his next head coaching gig. 
Uh, how would you compare Grant Ganell to Tanner Lee, Patrick O'Brien, and Tristan Jebbia in terms of skill set? And do you feel even more confident in his commitment if Nebraska doesn't take a quarterback in 2018? Well, first of all, they got to get a commitment from Grant Ganell first, um, you know, before you can really feel confident in that. But, um, you know, when you compare Ganell to the to the current quarterbacks that are on roster, uh, he's taller than all those guys, but he he really does have a very similar skill set. He's very sound mechanically. Um, he has a very high football IQ. He understands the game well. He's an accurate passer. Uh, he's a kid that has a strong arm that can push the the ball down the field, but is also you know accurate and can put touch on it on underneath um, on those short to intermediate throws too. So. He really does kind of fit the mold of, of what Danny Langsdorf and Mike Riley like in their quarterbacks, uh, which which shouldn't come as a surprise as to why he kind of compares favorably to a guy like Patrick O'Brien and, and Tristan Jebbia that, that they recruited out of high school. Uh, the biggest difference there is that he's he's taller. He's a long longer, leaner guy, but um, he's, he's put up ridiculous numbers just like both P.O.B. And, and Jebbia did in high school. He threw for, I think it was 71 touchdowns as a sophomore uh, at St. Pius down there in Houston. So he's a ridiculous prospect. Um, if Nebraska does not take a quarterback in 2018, which it does not look like they will do, I think that would really be enticing for a guy like Grant Gunnell to commit and stay committed to Nebraska uh, you know, fairly early on and, and really be the, be kind of that Pied Piper you know, recruiter in that 2019 class. Nate, if they don't get Gunnell, how realistic is an offer to Max Duggan and, and- – Following that up, is he really interested in Nebraska at all at this point? Even? Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Max Duggan out of uh, Lewis Central and Council Bluffs, Iowa, six two, hundred eighty pound kid, more of a more of an athlete. I think he's. I think we've got him rated as a dual threat. He runs uh, the hundred, right? Yeah, he, he's a track guy. Uh, so he, I mean, he's a terrific athlete, uh, but but also does have a strong arm. He's really blown up this spring. Added uh, Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State. I think North Carolina is one school that just offered him soon. So, um, you know, I know Danny Langsdorf has been through the school at least once or twice this spring. It, is, it has some interest there. Um, they have not offered, but I think if for, if for some reason Gunnell dropped off the board, you know, either by telling Nebraska that he was no longer interested or that he was going to commit to another school, I think – it, it wouldn't come as a surprise to see Max Dugan kind of be that next guy up for Nebraska, and and I'm at this point in time I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't at least um, you know reciprocate the interest that, that Nebraska put forth if they did offer. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Wash at Nate Klaus, or with Husker Online intern David Eichel taking your questions here in the mailbag. How do you see Nebraska filling out the balance of the basketball roster for next season? Well, um, as of right now, it's looking less and less likely that there might be any more additions. Um, I think right now they're for sure going to hold at least one spot in the next season. Um, and then with that second spot, I think right now it's going to be a deal. If, if something kind of falls into their lap, they'll take it. But um, they're not actively going out of their way to fill a spot, um, just to fill a spot. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those wait-and-see type deals. So right now... Um, they feel pretty good about the nine-man rotation they have with the guys in place. And so, um, you know, obviously they, they have addressed um, some big needs in their backcourt uh, with Thomas Allen and Nana Kenton and then got another front court piece with Dubio KK. Uh, I know a lot of people would have liked to have had one more big to that rotation, but uh, I guess, you know, right now it's looking like you're going to have, um, you know, a front court of Jordy, um, Doobie, 
um, you know, maybe some kind of lineup combination of Isaiah Roby and Jack McVeigh. Um, so, I mean, and, and I think Tanner Borkart's probably going to see some minutes too. I mean, he's a guy Tim wow. Miles has mentioned um, several times. Um, you know, he's obviously a good athlete that, you know, now that he's finally committed, um, you know, to, to sticking with basketball, you know, maybe he's got a shot to, to give some minutes off the bench um, in a really limited role. But right now, um, if I were to put, pick a starting five, um, I would probably go Glenn Watson, obviously, um, James Palmer at the two, um, obviously Jordy at center. Um, and then when Isaac Copeland, you know, is cleared to play, you know, he's probably going to be your four. Um, and then the question is, you know, who's that kind of that third or fifth spot, you know, at that wing guard combo, obviously you have candidates like an Anton Gill. Is he going to be off that knee injury, you know, ready to go and be the player that, you know, everybody thought he was going to be is Jack McVeigh. Um, he's played as much big 10 basketball as anyone not named Glenn Watson on the entire roster. Um, is Isaiah Roby ready to take that next step and, um, you know, be more consistent with the flashes he showed last year. Um, you know, and Evan Taylor, I mean, he was you know, one of the highest minutes played guys on the entire team last year. So there's a lot of different ways they can go with that. And once again, I see this as being a, a starting lineup that fluctuates depending on the opponent that they play. So um, I think you have a, a core of four guys that uh, are going to play a lot of basketball, but you know, th- that fifth spot, I think is going to be something that kind of varies game to game. All right. We got time for one quick one here. Uh, if Masri was in Texas, would you take Calvin Avery or him in your opinion? Nate? Well, I mean, <laughs> here's it's a numbers deal, okay? So preface the question with, are there zero commits at at, the, at nose tackle and you have one spot yeah. to take, uh, one or the other? I think if you're in Texas and you have one spot at, at, at nose guard and, you, and you're picking between Calvin Avery or, or Maypew, I think you probably go with Avery. He's the more ready to, ready-made player at this point in time. I think he's I think he's about the most perfect fit at nose guard that you could really ask for, um, and he's played a lot of high level football. Um, like I said, he's he's the ready made player right now. But um, but Nebraska isn't located in Texas, and and uh, and you know you got a guy like Maypew right down the street, and, and they pulled the trigger on him. He committed early, and it just so happened to work out to where with with the switch to the from the four three to the three four. Uh, Nebraska no longer has any space at nose tackle, so um, they've got Maypew right now. All right, David's got to get to class. So that, that wraps <laughs> it up here for this week's edition of the Mailbag. When we come back, we're going to talk more recruiting with Nate Klaus as Nebraska finally got the long-eluded weighted Mario Goodrich commit. We'll get Nate's thoughts on that and much more. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus as Got to take it our first Cardinals game this weekend. We were in St. Louis uh, for the Rivals Camp and Combine on Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's been a very busy week here, Nate, as the evaluation period's coming to an end. Um, how are they? Do they have to be off by the 31st of May, Nate? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. That's the very last day that any coaches can be out. And it used to be that the evaluation period ran six weeks and you you and your staff could be out on the road for four weeks. And now they change that. It, it's a completely different model to where you have actual evaluations, a certain amount of 
of evaluations as a staff. And so total can, days, yeah, total days out. So you can kind of pick and choose when you want to be out, um, how you want to use those evaluations and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, but Nebraska is going to be maximizing those. And, and I think we'll, we'll see the coaches out on the road all the way up until the end of the month. Well, and really, Nate, yeah, the 31st is Wednesday. By Saturday, they're going to be on planes going to satellite camps. As, exactly. Uh, the staff will be in College Station, San Antonio, Atlanta, Miami, St. Louis, and L.A. over that first week of June before having their Friday Night Light camps over the second and third Fridays of June, the prospects will all be, or the commits are all going to be at that 23rd camp is my understanding, right? That's what it's looking like. I think that second Friday Night Lights camp is, is probably going to be the bigger of the two, but um, but they should both be pretty pretty good, I, I think. I, you're starting to hear more and more kids talking about those camps. Obviously, the coaches are, are being, you know, kind of getting in, in the ears of a lot of these prospects uh, about going to the camps, and, and I think those two camps are going to be big for underclassmen because um, with the way this 2018 recruiting class is going, uh, it's it's filling up and it's filling up real fast. So it's it's not really geared towards seniors to be. It's going to be geared towards the 2019 and 2020 classes for those Friday Night Lights uh, camps. And, and you'd obviously would like to have some of your commitments, some of your bigger name guys like Buki Radley Hiles at at these camps, which he will be at one of the camps. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, kind of we will see this pretty much the same thing that we saw last year. You're going to see uh, them open to the public. You're going to see a lot of really great athletes out there competing, and it should be a lot of fun. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as uh, we discuss recruiting storylines here through the week. And, Nate, uh, before we get to the camp discussion, Nebraska gets the commitment from Mario Goodrich. We touched on this in the open. It gives the Huskers now 11 commits the Huskers up to number six in the national rankings. I mean, it has the momentum, the buzz. When's the last time it's been this high for you? Uh, it's been a long time, and, and uh, you know, and I thought last year at this time it had been about as high as I'd seen. You know, going back to that tw- that 2008 class, probably. Um, but this this surpasses that, and I think that. Uh, you know the the one frustrating thing about it, if you're a Nebraska fan, is that this is going to be a smaller class. You know, you're going to only see somewhere between 15 and 18 commitments in this class as things stand right now, and and um, and that's got to be kind of frustrating because you do have a ton of momentum. You've got a lot of really good players out there that are that are interested in Nebraska that have visited already or who are talking about visiting. So, um, but the good thing is, is that. It kind of allows the the coaching staff to be very selective and kind of hone in on on certain kids that they think are you know the perfect fit at that you know at their respective positions and uh, and really kind of put forth an effort kind of an all out effort uh, a group effort in many cases uh, to land these specific players and and that's kind of what we saw with Mario Goodrich he was a guy that that they kind of went all in on. Uh, obviously, coming out of Kansas City is a very important prospect to get in this class, but he's a tremendous athlete. I mean, he is an elite, elite athlete. There aren't too many kids out there that can play wide receiver, cornerback, punt returner, kick returner, um, you know, in high school and be electric and dynamic at all those positions at, at you know, the biggest class in the state of Missouri, but also be a Division One basketball recruit, you know, and, and be getting legitimate interest to be a Division One basketball player as well. So, um, you know, 
I keep kind of talking about Monte Harrison. There's a lot of a lot of natural parallels there because Monte was the same type of deal. He was a multi-sport guy from the Kansas City area, went to Lee Summit West High School. But these guys have similar personalities, similar drives uh, to be successful, um, and and that that all kind of plays a factor in it into it too. You know, they kind of grew up the same way. Um, and and like I mentioned earlier in the show, Monte and his brother Shaquille both kind of took took uh, Mario under their wing and, and have kind of molded him into what he is today, along with a lot of the other coaches out there at Lee Summit West and on his AAU basketball team. And um, he's going to be a dynamic fit at Nebraska. I think that he's legitimately could play on either side of the football. Um, Dante Williams likes him at cornerback. He's a long cornerback. Um, I think he could potentially factor into the special teams mix as well. So he gives Nebraska three corners now, along with Buki Radley Hiles, Chase Williams. Uh, but really, there's a ton of versatility with those guys. They could legitimately play any position in the back end, in my opinion. So, um, you know, they'll probably see them take two more uh, defensive backs in this class and and put a bow on that defensive backs class. Nate, there's going to be a lot of people that follow these ratings close, and I'm just going to prepare Husker fans for this. Last year, uh, the highest-ranked team with less than 20 commits was Stanford, and they were 19 in the rivals' rankings with 14 commits. Uh, UCLA was 21 with 18. Clemson was 22 with 14. Washington was 23 with 18. Those were the highest ranked teams last year with under 20 commits. So it's nice right now to be at number six. But I think Husker fans need to realize at least how our ratings formula works. It is going to be very difficult um, with under 20 um, to be inside that top 10. Yeah, it's it's difficult to even be inside the top 15 with under 20 commits because the way the points formula works for rivals is your your top 20 commits factor into your total points and uh, and and when you have under 20, you know, that kind of gives the advantage to other teams that do have at least 20 commits. So um, and the teams that you just reeled off as far as being in the top 20 with under 20 commits, Stanford um, had three five stars. Exactly, most of those schools had at least one five star on their on their roster, and so uh, I'm not saying that Nebraska can't get a five star or that one of Nebraska commits can't be elevated to a five star. Uh, if that were to happen, it would probably be Buki Radley Hiles. But um, yeah, the chances of Nebraska staying in the top ten right now are pretty slim. Yeah, you mentioned the five stars. Uh, Stanford had three. UCLA had two. Clemson had three. So. Um, those teams ranked 19, 21, 22 with class sizes 14 to 18, um, and the five stars played a big factor. So um, no doubt it's going to be a good class, but um, the ranking may not kind of hold where it's at right now. Nate, and then as, as we kind of wrap up the discussion here um, in this final thoughts, uh, we were in St. Louis, once again, a great event. I personally think it's as good of an event as you're going to ever have in this part of the country. Mm-hmm. We had the best from Missouri, the best from Nebraska, the best from Iowa, the best from Kansas, um, other neighboring states like Tennessee's best were in attendance. Uh, I believe even some Mississippi, some Arkansas kids, some of the best guys there. Illinois. Illinois. Um, you know, what were your thoughts uh, just overall as we wrap it up here? Well, like you said, tremendous event, um, you know, and, and really the the most talented guys from the entire Midwest region are usually always at this camp. 
I was, again, impressed with how the Nebraska in-state players fared against the competition. Um, you know, the amount of talent, too, that's along the defensive line in this region is just ridiculous. You know, there's, um, there's probably – I think there was close to eight four-star prospects along the D-line, and, and guys like uh, Masri Maypew and Bryson Williams and a handful of others that are ranked three stars. Ronnie Perkins was one um, that are and ranked. Pier- Pierce Quick on the O-line would have been a, probably a five-star down the road, don't you think? Well, yeah, on, on the offensive line, yeah. Uh, but on the defensively, I mean, there was probably – you know, probably close to 15 kids that you could legit, legitimately make an argument, you know, for that that are either very high three-star prospects or or four or five-star rated guys. So that was a lot of fun to watch uh, those defensive linemen uh, battle it out for that MVP. Michael Thompson ended up winning the award. Um, offensively, um, you know, to see the growth. Um, that, uh, that a guy like Will Farniak has taken and the development, you know, he's a very technically sound guy. That was that was fun to watch because he was still giving up a lot of weight to some of these guys, uh, but more than held his own, um, you know. And then skill position wise, uh, it was fun to fun to watch, you know, guys like Cameron Babb and, and Cameron Brown um, that we've that we've been watching here for the last couple of years go out there and perform. Houston Griffith is another one as uh, a kid that the highly ranked prospect that you know really doesn't have a whole lot to prove anymore uh but still continues to go out to the camps and and uh you know compete with the nation's best and along with Cameron Jurgens so I just I love when guys with an elite athletes want to get out and compete against other elite athletes Uh, to me there's nothing better than than watching those guys get after it well it was a fun weekend indeed in St. Louis it's going to be a busy weekend as well on Husker Online as uh, we will get geared up for satellite camps towards the end of the week, but Big Ten baseball tournament as well going on. Huskers won the regular season, uh, trying to win the uh, conference title outright. Championship game will be Sunday. We have Matt Reynoldson, our other intern, in Bloomington. So make sure you stay on Husker Online all throughout the weekend as not only we have the most in-depth coverage of Husker recruiting, we will also uh, be one of only two or three Nebraska media outlets on site in Bloomington at the Big Ten tournament. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.